Hey y'all, welcome back to the Hey Dad, Can You Talk podcast. I'm Bailey, I'm your host, and each week we call my dad Toby and we just have a fun, short discussion about different things like parenting, marriage, mental wellness, things that everybody's struggling with or wants to talk to somebody about, but maybe you don't have that person to call. Well, I have been around for 34 years and I've been talking to my dad for most of those years about my struggles and he just always has really great wisdom to share. And so we thought it would be helpful for you guys to get to peek in on these conversations and um, also get some of his wisdom. And so we are excited about these weekly conversations. We're excited you're here and I'm looking forward to today's podcast. So let's get this show on the road. Let's call my dad. What's up, B? Father, father, father. How are you? I'm just just wonderful. Just peach keen. You got another cool hat on. Paper yep. Giants represent. Yep. Come on, Micah. Stevens represent <laughs> today. You've just been traveling, traveling, and, and I'm just so honored that you would make the time to spend with me for this podcast recording. Well, I have been traveling. And I'm glad we're doing this podcast because then you'll actually talk to me. You know, I, I mean, That's we'll true. actually have a conversation. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> did you get some good sleep? I did get some good sleep. I went to bed early, early. I'm not a, I'm not a West guy. I'm not a mountain, mountain mm. time or whatever it is. Two hours difference. Messes with you. Messes with me. I'm old. Mm-hmm. Well, if you hear any screaming in the background, uh, it is officially fall break for my for our old our two children, our boys. So it's like we're back in summer. Yay. <laughs> oh, boy. But it's football season. So it's a little different. because it Dad's gone. Exactly. But yesterday I was the first day and I decided we're having a schedule. We're going to have a hour of homework time, an hour of play by yourself time, an hour of, then you can have an hour of watching or whatever time. Went pretty good since Esther's still at school. So sorry, not Esther, bingo. That's what I have to call her now because she wears her cost, a bingo costume 24-7. That, that, I can only imagine what that thing's going to smell like after about mm-hmm, five days. Yeah. I was actually thinking after this, I should probably stick it in the wash while she's at school so she doesn't know because it's probably pretty sweaty. Good idea. <laughs> okay, well, today's topic, I didn't even give you a heads up. It's our last episode where we're talking about fear and uncertain uncertainty. And so today I, I kind of want to I wanted to chat with you about the fear of being in pain and the fear of loss. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before with how, and this actually just came up yesterday. We were watching The Lion King, and it was the part where uh, Mufasa died. All right, rest in peace. And um, it was a. I honestly wanted to fast forward because I didn't want to have to have the conversation because I, you know, I don't, I don't love uncomfortable conversations. But the kids had a ton of questions about death, and um, we've talked about this. How Gideon can kind of get himself worked up about if if we were to pass away, but I can 100% relate because I can go that I can do that easily. Um, when things are going really well in life, I can easily 
work myself up to like, well, then something bad is about to happen and I don't want to lose the people I love or I don't want it, something hard to happen um, and to be in pain. And so have you ever struggled with that? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I think everybody that is breathing has at some point struggled with, you know, pain avoidance, loss avoidance, uh, mm-hmm. fear of uh, something happening that, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't yet happened. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a natural that that's not a weakness it's as much as it's just a sign that you're you know breathing you're human yeah I uh it was interesting because Micah was the one we haven't really had that conversation so he was the one asking lots of questions and Gideon was like repeating things we had told him and he's like you just gotta enjoy the day today and you gotta think about the good the good times together instead of and um it's interesting because I was thinking man it's so easy to tell our kids things to do in those situations but then when we have to be the ones living that out and like being a living example of that it's it's much harder (laughs) because and like telling ourselves those things is important but what would you say when if someone does get in that what's first of all what do you feel like um you said it's normal but what triggers like us to feel that way you know do you feel like if if we're in a more unhealthy spot then usually we are more prone to be in fear of pain and loss or do you feel like that's just a normal like even if you're healthy with your mental wellness it can still happen well I think I think that uh, how how would I say this um I think it's normal and natural for there to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, your your kids will be old enough soon enough that they're supposed to text at a certain time and they or call and they mm-hmm. don't. And there's normal to have that kind of momentary. But I think when you get kind of in that endless loop of obsessed with it or, you know, mm-hmm you get begin to be controlled by these what if what if i lost this person what if this happened i think it's an indicator that uh there are other factors in your life that you need to be uh paying close attention to that probably are drawing away from your reserves like here's my favorite mm-hmm. story about that as far as an example is we were moving from Oklahoma City to to Southlake that was a mm-hmm. oh, wow, you were a little bitty, you know. I was I wasn't 30, I was 29 years old, and we we're moving, and there was all the stresses of getting everything ready to be moved and the emotion of telling, you know, the church I've been with we were moving and the, you know, all that went with that. And one night your mom went to the store and it was mm-hmm. y'all gone to bed and she's going to the grocery store, and I was there uh at the house and I'm watching something on TV. And all of a sudden, I look up and I think she ought to be home. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this was pre-cell phone uh, time. Mm-hmm. And I thought she ought to be home. And I think I had thought she was gone longer than she was. And I panicked. I I panicked. And what went from man, where is she? To something's happened to her. It was really quick. But it. And I called, went to the neighbors, and got them to come over and watch you guys. And I was about to get in the car, and here she's pulled up. She's like, "What? You know." And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't about the issue. It was about all the external stressors in my life Mm -hmm. uh, that made that thing go from, wow, I wonder where she is, to I was convinced something had happened and I was panicked. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. That makes sense. So what? Yeah, that does because I've I've easily been there before when Grant goes running and I'm like, tell me the exact time you're getting home, and then it's like five minutes past and I'm internally freaking out. So, what do you feel like is a good healthy thing to do in that moment to make sure to kind of calm yourself as much as you can? Because I think obviously we have and it's a normal thing like you said but there's ways that we can not go too too far down the path you know yeah well the healthiest thing is the one thing nobody wants to do which is to phone a friend you know the healthiest Mm -hmm. thing is to admit it i say that all the time Mm -hmm. that the one thing you don't want to do because of shame because of embarrassment because of feeling weak is to you know phone a friend to call Mm -hmm. someone and say hey man i'm really struggling he's supposed to be home and he's not Mm-hmm. and uh, just pray for me. And I mean, just that little thing, I think a lot of times hearing someone else's voice, uh, you know, the other for me has always been, you know, I was in, as you know, I was in Phoenix this week and I was mm-hmm. doing some, trying to pour in and train some heroes, really some folks who work with kids in impoverished areas in the mental health area. And I, you know, I, I went back to the 40 AMs and went back to, a place to center my mind when my mind is running off in a wild direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I can even sit there and beat myself up that I hadn't been doing that. And knowing that, that, that I didn't have any margin emotionally or mentally for that situation, or I can just go to, go to my tried and true. And I just go to my tried and true. So it helps Mm -hmm. me. So I talk Mm -hmm. to somebody and I go back to something that focuses me on something other than this, uh, irrational kind of scenario. I've got to stop the movie, mm-hmm. man. You know, the movie's playing mm-hmm. in your head and you have to do something to kind of stop the movie, to change the channel. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, when you mentioned reach out to someone and ask for prayer, uh, why do you think that can be so hard for people? Because there's been times before, even for me, and I feel like I'm not, I don't struggle too much with asking for help, but I do struggle with, is this a big enough deal to ask someone to pray for me? You know, or like, I don't want to make this about me or are they going to, I don't know, a lot of like lies that can get in your head. Why do you feel like that's a hard thing for people? One word, it's shame. I mean, at Mm. its core, it's shame. It's, you know, we call it embarrassment or vulnerability, but at its core, we're fighting shame. I've said Mm -hmm. forever that, you know, many times when it comes to mental wellness, when you're not talking about bipolar and personality right. disorder, you know, but when you're talking about the battles that lots of people face, the issue is not the issue. The issue is the shame that it brings, which isolates you. Mm-hmm. And in that isolation, I mean, the Bible says that the devil prowls like a roaring lion, the picture of a lion. And we all know that the way that a lion hunts is he he separates. He gets one away from the herd. Get, when you're by yourself, you're very vulnerable. And so he knows that if he can keep us by ourselves, he can he can do some damage. He can inflict some damage. And so what does he use? He uses shame. He uses mm. this shame, embarrassment, this all those reasons that you have in your head to not let someone know that you're struggling everything from, well, it's not that big a deal. I don't want to bother this person. I don't want it to be about me. I mean, at its core, it's you're embarrassed that Grant's not home and you're 
beginning to struggle a little bit with mm-hmm. it. But see, the mm-hmm. thing about it is, if you're, it's like the other things I was talking about. If you're cultivating those relationships, mm-hmm. if you're not settling for, you know, these, what we call the cowboys in the weather, just these surface relationships, then when those moments come, you are much more prone, much more open to just a quick text, a quick call to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I want to remind everyone listening because I can easily go here with, I'll think, um, why is like I'm the only one or no one else is struggling with this or why, why is this so hard for me? It's not hard for XYZ, this person. And in fact, like it, everyone is struggling in some way, even if they don't show it. And I think I told you like that I'm in a, we're in a house church and the more time we've spent in this community with people that I am getting to know more from the outside, I would have thought a lot of them had it all together and didn't have similar struggles as I did, but they do. It's just, we don't know what everyone else is going through. So I think that to replace, if that's something that, you know, that's something I struggle with. So I try to keep that in mind. Like the truth of it is, no Bailey, you know, no Bailey, you're not the only one. No Bailey, they're, you know, they're not perfect as much as you think they are. Um, and maybe even if that's something you struggle with, write it down so that, you know, go to your list of truths. So you got your 40 I am's, you know, in your phone, but then you've got like common lies you tell yourself and the the, the like truth to, to replace it. So. Well, and, and remember this to be true. One of the things that's true, hello, if you're watching, that is Micah Thomas behind us with his army stuff. Uh, one of the things that I think is important to remember, just like you need to be, you know, 40 AMs, whatever it is for you, regularly filling your cup. The the other thing you need to remember is a lot of people say, well, I don't have a friend like that. Well, you know how I my closest relationship began in my life? It began with me saying to my friend John, hey, I'm struggling. And it was me telling him that he told me what his struggle was. And that's we both went to the same counselor after that. Both. I mean, he sat in the chair for an hour and a half and I'd sit in the chair after him, same chair. And. So one of the best ways to begin to build those relationships is to reach out to someone that you do not know well to begin and just say at, at some level, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up, go a little bit beyond this surface thing and just go, hey, man, so you know, this, I'm struggling with this. And if you could pray for me, that'd be great. Now, so the thing about that is if you're thinking, well, I don't want to do that. I don't even know this person. They're going to think I'm weird. Well, who cares? You don't even know them yet. So if they if they don't respond in a way that is helpful, this life-giving, well, you haven't lost anything. And uh, true, you just have to decide that having those kind of relationships, are, it, it, you like you have to live that way to be healthy. And so if you... No, you have to live that way to be healthy. You're not going to be satisfied without those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Something I feel like lately I've been trying to do a better job of, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but is really at, at noticing how people seem. Like, obviously we don't know how they're really feeling inside, but really being intentional about asking someone, like people in my life, how are you doing for, like, how are you really doing, you know? Um, or being like, are you okay? You seem 
down. And I feel like that can feel scary because what if they're not down and they're like, no, but a lot of times people need to be asked before they're going to going to admit that something's wrong. And even if they don't tell you, I think it means a lot that someone's willing to ask and to be intentional with noticing how you're feeling. So whether that's like, I see the same people every day, they get Esther out of the car, you know, and like, I want them to know I care by being like, how are you doing? You know, it may be really quick, but I feel like that's a way that we can really love on people and allow somebody to open up, you know? Yeah. I'm a huge believer in, you know, you go to get coffee with somebody or you have dinner Mm -hmm. with another couple. I'm a huge believer in what I call the, uh, the highs, the highs and lows. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this around the dinner table with your kids. I learned, you know, my friend Greg and I have done this with pastors and he's taught it to me, but it's just, you're having coffee and I mean, what's the best thing going on in your life? What's your biggest challenge? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a great way to begin to kind of build those kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. I know we've touched, that's good. I know we've touched on this some too in other episodes, but like a lot of times as a parent, we want to, oh, sorry. Uh, let me talk and shut this door while I'm talking. One second. Hold up. She's running through the door for those of you who are not watching. (laughs) She's running back. It was quite the run. It was very athletic to the door. Stop. Okay. We really want to protect our kids as parents. We don't want them to be in pain. You know, like I just really don't want to let my kids fall or like, um, in real like for real fall or what's the word? I can't think of it, but like fall in other areas, not actually fall. So what's your, what's your suggestion on that, on the fine line? Because I feel like kids do need to learn. And there are, that goes back to some of what we talked about last week, which was control. But how do we know, how do you, what do you suggest on how do we know when to let our kids be in pain a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Or, or the, or the opportunity for that versus having to completely shield them from being in pain. Yeah. I think what we do is we argue in extremes, right? Mm -hmm. And so then we, we kind of can live the way we want to. In other words, you say, well, I'm not going to let my kid get hurt physically. And so you, you never let them ride a bike. Mm Mm-hmm. When at some point we all know that for a kid to ride a bike, he's going to have to kind of fall over a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so the extreme is you're a bad parent if you let your kid get hurt. Mm-hmm. Or the other extreme is you're a bad parent if you don't let your kid experience some of that. And it's all about timing, right? It's it's at mm-hmm. the right time, uh, allowing your kid enough space, your child enough space to experience pain. And knowing that it is the pain that's going to help him grow, you know, mm. our, our favorite little fish, you know, it is in the struggle that you get transformed and it's easy to talk about and it's hard to live. And I, I, I don't say this very often, but it's going to get harder uh, if you mm-hmm. have little ones. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the pain of falling off a bike has is nothing compared to the pain of your child getting their heart broken or getting left out in a group mm. or whatever. But if you're always trying to control that instead of letting them uh, under your care, mm-hmm. letting them experience the reality of a broken world we live in 
and teaching them how to move through their pain, uh, what actually you think you're doing as a service is a disservice. Mm. I feel like that word teaching you said is key because instead of viewing it as we're letting them fall or fail or whatever, get their heart broken, viewing it as, well, we get to be the one that gets to be there for them and to teach them why we need Jesus and how to come back from something like that. Because then if you shield them their whole life and you put them out in the world and they have heartbreak and they have no ways to deal with that, you know? Um, but it's so interesting you said that because I think about how that relates to us as adults. Like so many times we don't want to take a certain job because what if we fail? You know, we don't want to, this is kind of silly, but I've heard this a lot of people say they don't want to get a pet because they don't want to be hurt when they die. And that's like a small example, but like, I feel like that goes to towards lots of things. We don't want to put our heart out there to be broken. Um, so it can, it all, it, it goes with us too. And you talk about this all the time, but talking with our kids about things we're experiencing, how helpful would that be if we're doing something hard and we can share that with our kid? even if we're in a moment of failing, but we can talk to them about it so they know it's okay. <laughs> and it happens to us too. Yeah, the word is validation, right? Every time that I can, as a parent, what I want to do is instead of prescribing a solution, I want to begin by validating that feeling. I mean, that, mm-hmm. I know that hurts. I've been right mm-hmm. where you are and I know that hurts. And Here's ways that God has gotten me through it, not here's what you need to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know like a relationship, anybody on the planet who said I've never been hurt in some type of relationship at some level of friendship or or fill in the blank at a deeper level. Well, the answer is not to not have relationships. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the answer as a parent is not to control relationships. Uh you know, your mom, who is as laid back and as level and even a person as I know, mm-hmm. when you were in, you know, junior high and high school and the mean girl thing was, y'all, you were living that. There were several times your mom just wanted to step in and intervene. And I was like, mom, she has got to learn how to mm-hmm. work her way through these difficult situations. You can't become a 15-year-old again. and try. That's, that's protection, I understand, but it's not going to help her. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a natural tendency for everybody. Mm-hmm. How about when you were here, we were watching Gideon play flag football, and <laughs> he was on the side a lot. They were like only putting certain kids in. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, that's not fair. He hasn't got in on offense. All those other kids went in on offense. And like, I was like, Bailey, <laughs> he's learned. And I, it would have been really easy for me after the game to be like, that wasn't fair, whatever. But I had to tell myself, this is an opportunity for him to learn that life isn't fair. And that there are going to be times people are, get to do things in front of you and might get to do things more than you and how to have an attitude of gratitude and just like appreciation that you're there and getting to do it but that was definitely a gut check for me of because I want to step in and protect my kids from feeling like you know they're not getting a fair chance I don't know so yes and I cannot lie it brought me great joy to see you (laughs) over there counting plays and struggling a little bit uh just (laughs) 
in the fact that it was like, oh, so maybe this isn't as easy as she thinks it's going to be, as she thought it would be when you were played. So, yeah, that's exactly true. Mm, yeah. Well, I just know this is something that can, everybody can struggle with at times. And so I think it's important to have these conversations and just to re, like constantly be remembering. Cause we, you know, we talk a lot about the same things. You give us a lot of the same principles, but they apply in so many ways and we just got to keep practicing. So to talk about different situations and how we can practice it is important. I think. So. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, kind of for me, it's, as some of you know, because you heard me speak somewhere, you listen to our podcast or something, you know, the whole principle of a thorn in the flesh that Paul has and his natural tendency was say, Hey God, take it away. Cause we don't want to be in pain. And, mm -hmm. but what he learned was like, it's through the pain that God did mm -hmm. his greatest work in his life, mm -hmm. which is really what we're talking about today, whether it's loss, whether it's relational pain or whatever, the very thing that we don't want to happen, like in God's hands, he uses to do stuff we could never do. Mm -hmm. And this is true with a perfect heavenly father. And so a part of your role as a parent is to, with the Holy Spirit helping you emulate mm -hmm. the heart of your heavenly father as a mom, as a dad with your kids. That mm -hmm. that's, that's the job description, right? And mm -hmm. it's not for the faint of heart. Mm -mm. I feel like we can end on that because that's a good word right there. Write that down on a note card. Stick it on your mirror. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be. I just want to be like my dad. You know, I mm -hmm. just want to be like my uh, like my my heavenly dad, and uh, I want to value what he values, and I want to honor what he honors, and to the best of my ability, I want to prioritize what he prioritizes. And I mean. You, you say, well, I'm not sure you can do that. And the answer is I can't, and neither can you. But I got someone helping me. His mm -hmm. name is the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. And it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So I have more power than I think I have. I, I can do harder things than I think I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, because Christ in it lives in me, and God's mm -hmm. Spirit helps me. Mm -hmm. Good job. That's a word, Dad. Fist bump through the through the screen. Fist bump. I can't wait to uh, see or at least hear and see everyone next week. That'll be fun. We do our live. Yeah. What are we when calling air, this thing? When this airs, when this airs, it'll be tomorrow. So tomorrow night, we're having a live podcast recording. So we're doing this exact thing, but you guys can join and be on and ask questions that you've been thinking of, like when we're going through these, you're listening to the podcast and things you would wish you could ask dad, this dad. So um, y'all join us and just email me for the link to join for the Zoom link. And this will record tomorrow night and that will be our podcast for the next week. So we've already had people submit questions. Um, so I'm excited. It's going to be a new experience. So come on, email bailey at beagobi.com. We'll see you then. You know, you have me so jacked up in so many areas of my life. I'm going from West Coast to East or East Coast to West Coast. And I'm not sure if I'm an hour ahead or behind. And and then you're talking. Uh, so tomorrow night, but that's not. To, that, I'm just. Help, hold <laughs> just me, Jesus. go with it. Just, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine.
It's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, Dad. I'm glad to see you. See you love you today. Today, love I'm you. hoping that you can, you know, you can referee the skirmishes that are coming from fall break at your house. Hope it goes yeah. well. And thank you. And go, JC, JC, three and oh, Bobcats. Yeah. Bobcats are moving on. Got a, got a game tonight. So let's hope for another win. Which would be, All right. for those of you listening, last Thursday night. Exactly. You got it, Dad. I'm impressed. Look at me. All right. Love you, baby. <laughs> All right. Love-, love you. Thank y'all for being with us for another week of our Hey Dad podcast. We love it. We love being here with you guys. I really hope that you'll join us for tomorrow's live podcast recording Q&A. Um, It's going to be fun and we would love to see your faces. I hope you have the best week and we'll talk to you soon.